Hello, and welcome to another episode of Future of Tax, the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. Today, we focus on the topic of tax transparency and the question of how organisations best report on their global tax contributions around the world. As we know, attitudes towards tax are shifting as ESG and the question of tax transparency climbs on the priority list of business leaders. Tax activity and governance are becoming measures of sustainability and investors and business leaders alike are increasingly looking at risk management strategies and the question of how to report on their tax approach most effectively and in line with their organisation's broader sustainability goals. For today's episode, I'm pleased to pass the moderator mic over to David Linky, Global Head of Tax and Legal Services for KPMG International. David is joined by several expert panellists from around the world to look at the emerging topic of tax transparency reporting as organisations work to find the right approach for them. Over to you, David. Good morning and welcome. And we're here this morning to talk about tax transparency, its complexity and its evolving nature. And I thought today we'd get together a number of our colleagues to discuss this and really get some different global perspectives. And you'll hear a lot about regulatory regimes, whether they're compulsory or they're voluntary. I think the tax transparency topic is actually incredibly important for other reasons. And that is a tax and economic contribution report of a company is a key element of a company's narrative on its contribution to society and I think how it's working with its stakeholders, whether they're its investors, whether it's in employees, whether the communities in which it operates or the government authorities or regulators with which it interacts. And I think this is the key element of tax transparency that a number of our clients and companies around the world are grappling with and trying to understand and how they integrate that narrative into the company's purpose and its overall strategy and policy. And I think a key change occurred in late 2020 when the World Economic Forum came out with its measuring stakeholder capitalism document and you know a consultation document. And, and tax transparency was a key element of that. So it's no wonder that tax and business leaders around the world are grappling with this issue. What's good practice? What's best practice? And how best to lead into this challenge? So today, I'm really pleased to bring together my own colleagues who really are the leading thinkers in this particular area from around the globe. So. Let me start off with Chris Morgan, who's been involved in this particular issue for quite a while. Chris, the concept of tax transparency is not a new thing. So can you give us a bit of context to set up the discussion? Yes, thank you, David. Um, so tax transparency and the debate about it certainly isn't new. I believe that, in fact, some kind of country by country reporting was discussed in the UN back in the 1970s. But the, the really big push came at the start of this century. And on the one hand, you had calls from several society groups like Tax Justice Network and Publish What You Pay. But also in 2003, we had the Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative that was set up. And what that is, is an agreement between countries whereby extractive industries will report the amount that they pay to governments on a public basis. And following the financial crisis, the EU also imposed a type of country-by-country -country reporting on financial institutions. 
Now, it was in the Capital Requirements Directive uh, number four. And of course, as we all know, in 2015, the OECD produced its reporting template as part of the BEPS-1 project. Although that's something that goes to tax authorities, it's not a public document. Then we're also seeing a, a proliferation of um, voluntary codes or standards. So, for example, we've got the PRI principles, B-team principles. And then last year, there was the GRI 207 on full country by country reporting, um, public reporting, that is, that was released. And then there was also, as you've mentioned, the uh, proposal by WEF for reporting of a global total tax payment. And that was in their white paper on stakeholder capitalism metrics. So I'd say that the direction of travel is pretty clear here. And now we've got a very interesting development that's just come out of the EU in the last week. Thanks, Chris. And, and that's actually a good segue since we're talking about the EU to Reluca. And, and Reluca's um, a key member of our EU tax centre. And I was wondering, Raluca, can you comment on the developments more broadly in the EU and the significance of tax transparency, especially some of those developments that have occurred over the last month? Hi, David. Yes, sure. So as Chris mentioned, tax transparency is not new in the EU either. Uh, public country by country reporting has been formally on the agenda of the EU since uh, 2016, with very strong support from the European Commission and the European Parliament. But that proposal was in deadlock for almost five years due to disagreements at the council level. And the deadlock was broken earlier this year uh, because of a change of heart uh, that some uh, EU member states had. And on the 1st of June of this year, so very recently, uh, the Council and the European Parliament announced that they had reached a provisional political agreement on um, public country-by-country -country reporting in the EU. And there are still a few formal steps to, to go through before the new rules are formally adopted, but um, there is every indication from the EU that the legislative process will be completed at the latest this fall, so when the European Parliament resumes work after the summer break. Um, and member states will probably have until 2023 to transpose the directive into local legislation. It might be that some member states choose to go live uh, ahead of schedule. So the EU sets, uh, let's say, the maximum um, deadline by which member states have to introduce the rules, but some may choose to, um, to introduce them sooner. And once adopted, the new rules will require multinationals that are either based in the EU or operate in the EU and that exceed certain thresholds to publicly declare, um, among other information, what taxes they pay in each EU country and also in each country that is on the EU list of non-cooperative jurisdictions, but also um, countries that are on the so-called grey list and that have been on the grey list for two years. So these are countries that are being monitored by the EU but have not yet been included in the so-called blacklist. Uh, and aggregate data will be required for the rest of the world. And um, I would say this is quite an important step towards tax transparency in Europe, and it's probably only the first of many to come. Um, the compromise reached by the EU institutions comes with a review clause. So four years after the directive is adopted, um, its functioning and suitability will be assessed. And that will probably be an opportunity for the European Parliament and civil society to um, push for uh, broadening of the requirements, so maybe to ask for more information to be required or maybe to add country-by-country country, uh, disclosure requirements for each country in which a, a group operates in globally, so not just the EU and the listed jurisdictions. Yeah, thank, thanks, Raluca. It is um, it is quite an important change, um, you know, that there's provisional political agreement. 
And that that political agreement, um, in a sense, evolved fairly quickly over the last couple of months. But I wonder, um, it's worthwhile at this point just to take a step back and consider some of the drivers that have sort of arisen over the last few years for this momentum. And I'd like to bring in now Luke Helderman, who is a senior partner in the Dutch practice, who's worked with a number of our global clients over many years, but also importantly, leads our impact work stream for us globally for tax and legal. Luke, have you any thoughts on this topic and some of the momentums behind um, you know, the driver to the political agreement in the EU? David, uh, tax transparency can be an emotive topic, as I've learned also in my conversations with, with clients, with many voices and interests. And as with most things in tax, there's no one answer to the question who is calling for greater transparency in tax, is, uh, is my view. Tax practices and, and governance are increasingly being evaluated as a measure of sustainability. That's what we see in our conversations with, with clients. There is an increased focus on tax strategies, uh, policies, reporting and risk management in connection with sustainability and responsible investments. So also investors are increasingly seeking to act more responsibly and, and having a responsible attitude towards tax and tax transparency is, is a key metric for, for them as well. I'm sure that such call for transparency is getting a different interpretation from company to company and from industry to industry. And that is also a conversation we, we have with clients. Last week, the CFO of one of our clients said, we do this because this is the company we want to be. And that is becoming more important indeed. It is not only because of regulations or standards. In my view, it is, a, let's say, the society at, at large calling for greater transparency, David. Yeah, thanks, Luke. And, and you did reference at, at one point in that discussion this then this increasing uh, impetus from the investor community. And maybe I could just come back to Chris now and just talk about um, or get your perspective, Chris, on why investors are seeking greater transparency on tax matters and where that's potentially heading. Yes. So from the conversations I've had with various investors, I think there's a number of reasons why they're in favour of greater transparency. So information about uh, multinationals approach to tax and its tax profile does give the investor comfort that there shouldn't be an unexpected tax charge, which would obviously affect the financials or could affect the financials. I also think that uh, sound governance and transparency can be seen as an indication of how the group faces wider governance issues. And increasingly, investors do look at this information. So, for example, recently I saw one fund announced it had withdrawn some investments due to investing companies' tax government. So it is becoming very relevant. Yeah, just, just on that, though, Chris, it's, a, it's an interesting um, issue because often disputes with authorities arise from time to time and companies do grapple with how they might disclose those. Um, and that's quite a sensitive issue. Is that what investors are looking for in a sense that there's a no surprise type approach? I think that's right, yes. Um, partly there's no surprises, um, also that there's not something's not going to blow up which is going to create reputational damage. Mm. Um, also, if there are big changes a, a, afoot, um, knowing the tax profile of the company helps them to see how it might be affected. 
Thanks, Chris. It's 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 an interesting area in which um, there'll be further developments, no doubt. Um, and there's been a lot of commentary actually in the in the financial press, um, especially in Europe, about what what investor groups are, are looking for. If I, if I could now move to Matt Whip, and Matt Matt's a senior partner in our UK practice, um, and has actually led a lot of the thinking on our own development of what we're calling our tax impact reporting service, which is really ties in um, with the with our global tax and legal overall impact service line. But tax transparency is really a key element of that. And I was wondering, Matt, just from your experience and your discussions with clients, what, what are some of the benefits for companies increasing uh, their level of transparency? Because it, you've got to admit, Matt, that there's there's different levels of um, you know transparency out there, and companies really are on different journeys. And so, you know, what are some of the benefits your clients are talking about? Yeah, thanks, David. I mean, I think that's a good point, isn't it? it? It isn't linear for everyone. It's not linear for all of the regulators and all of the countries and the governments around the world. They're very different stages of this journey. But I think the important point that you've raised there is they're on this journey. It's not going away. It's only going one way. So, what is the the benefit, what are the opportunities uh, for, for businesses to get involved is to get involved in the debate and not be on the wrong end of it. Um, what is transparency about? Transparency in any sphere is about trust. And the reality that we've seen with things like BEPS 1, BEPS 2.0, there is a trust gap with big business about its contribution in the tax environment and how it pays its part in the broader economic ecosystem. So the opportunity here is to address that. And to really engage with those groups, the world has changed, what, what shareholders and investors look for, what your businesses, clients or your consumers look for, and what broader society looks for on businesses change. To get involved in this process is the opportunity to show your business in its positive light, the contributions you are making, to be transparent, to build that trust, and to be open and honest, and really to demonstrate that you take it seriously, you take responsibility seriously, you've got governance and controls in place, you are focused on doing the right things for tax, but more broadly for your organisation, that governance culture is there. It's a, it's a purpose for good. But for me, it all comes back to, to David at that point, which is you're not going to have a choice at some point. So the opportunity and the benefit now is to get involved early, to start shaping the debate, to start shaping some of the requirements, but driving that debate forward positively from your own perspective. Thanks for that, Matt. And I, I think it's it's interesting. Matt spoke about a lot of the benefits, but I think I think we've got to be honest as well about some of the difficulties and objections that have arisen. I mean, there's issues of confidentiality. There, there's issues, I think, of certain groups, particular particularly taking some of the information out of context. I think is is another issue. And I've heard quite a lot uh, recently of um, confidentiality concerns. Confidentiality related to key financial information. And Luke, I, I know there's a fair bit in that, but it'd be good just to get your perspective on some of the key objections and difficulties that you're hearing from the client base. Yeah, David, in, indeed, and, and you already mentioned a couple of points, but but one well, one discussion one could have is is why do it if it's voluntary? Yeah? If there are regulations, it's it's clear. And maybe because that is what the company uh, or, or that is what you want to be as a company, as I mentioned earlier, and the quote from, from the CFO. Or maybe it is the sustainability strategy of the company that drives the decision. 
And if companies decide on more transparency, it's probably about more than just taxation. Uh, that's for sure. It's not only about taxation. One could argue that it will and must become part of the normal business process in, in that case. Therefore, tax will probably have to rely on systems and tooling which exists within finance, although this isn't always our experience, uh, with still a lot of manual processes in order to get uh, where they want to be. Usually, the content of a tax impact transparency report is more than just the numbers. It is about governance, the policies, the controls that are being used. And usually this will require a dedicated approach. And we would recommend companies to consider all possible options, maybe using the approach that some of the big four may have. Based on such analysis, a company will be able to decide on how and what to embed into their financial reporting or on the company website. And this is usually a combination of roles between the company's tax function and the support from people like ourselves, and usually with quite some guidance from their sustainability or investor relations teams, as we have learned from, from clients. Of course, there are many, uh, many really excellent examples of best practice from which a company could learn when embarking on the process of tax transparency. The benchmarking against an adequate group of peers is usually part of such approach. And in general, such first investment, in our view, pays off in terms of cost and also efforts made. Cost and, and management time are very relevant, of course, but, but manageable in, in our view. Once you've established your strategy, selected the standards to follow and organized the systems and processes to get there, you are ready for the future, is, is my view, obviously with, with annual updates and adjustments that may be required. But that would, in, in, in let's say, my view, be the approach to be taken, uh, David. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Chris, if I could just go quickly back to you, because what I heard from Luke then was there's some objections and some difficulties, but they're manageable. Do you agree with that? Yes, I think that's right. And just picking up on the confidentiality point, uh, from the companies that I've spoke to, I think probably there'll be very limited and very particular circumstances where revealing country by country data could actually raise a significant confidentiality issue. And of course, in the EU proposals, there's the possibility then to redact the information, not to disclose that. But most of the companies I've spoken to said they don't think that confidentiality is an issue. And the other thing I'd point out is the companies that are leading in this area haven't done this overnight. It's a step-by-step -step approach. It's not a question of just suddenly putting out all the tax figures uh, tomorrow, but it's more about mapping out a journey now of how to become more transparent over time. Thank you, Chris. And, and actually, if I if I just synthesise, um, you know, that part of the discussion, really, we, we heard a lot about the EU there, and I suspect um, that's probably appropriate given the provisional political agreement that Reluca, um, you know, spoke about a few minutes ago in terms of where the EU is heading on this particular issue. But I think we've got to also acknowledge there's different perspectives around the world. And I think it's important at this time that we bring in my other senior colleagues from around the globe just to give a different perspective on where this particular issue is at in their country or in their region. So if I could go initially to Manoj, and Manoj is um, a senior partner of ours out of India, and I just wonder, Manoj, if you could just give us um, a sense of where this particular issue is at in India and, and potentially Asia more broadly. 
so I was just saying, David, uh, you know, as you would imagine, taxation has actually been a very important element of the public policy in India, and, and that's true for the rest of Asia as well. There is therefore uh, an obvious attention to demonstration of tax honest behavior by large corporates. Investors, customers, employees are actually now very conscious to understand the tax behavior of the organization they work with. Demonstration of tax integrity is actually now pretty much becoming a must. The routine disclosures in the financial statements or tax compliances or even the existing country by country report formats actually do not provide adequate disclosure of the tax policies and practices of an organization qualitatively. And hence, leaving the public and the media and other social activists to sort of keep guessing. There is really a need for a platform where an organization can proactively explain its approach to taxation and build trust and confidence amongst all of its stakeholders. Few large corporate houses in India are already publishing a tax transparency report with an increasing number of companies gradually realizing the relevance and advantages. So there are a number of companies already publishing in India, Manoj, that's good to know. Okay. If I could move to Phil, Phil is a member of our Australian firm. And I just wonder whether, Phil, you could give us a perspective on the Australian position. Thank you, David. You could say, in fact, in Australia, we're currently on the second wave of tax transparency. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. And maybe we're about to head into a third wave. Since 2016, there has been a voluntary transparency code, some 180 groups publishing information on taxes paid and how taxes are managed. On top of that, there's also mandatory publication of total income, income taxes paid and other data for over 2000 companies. So there's no doubt these measures have significantly boosted tax transparency in Australia. Uh, what have we learned? I think to one of the points made earlier, it's really important for groups to build the narrative around the numbers uh, and the positive impact from the organization's payments on taxes and more broadly into communities and to other stakeholders. But where we though in the grander scheme of things, bear with me on this, but some of you who follow the coffee scene might be familiar with the expression third wave coffee making with more nuanced flavors and greater consistency, including flat whites. Um, and I think we, we can see a parallel when it comes to transparency. On transparency, we had the first wave, as we heard earlier, in the early part of this century, uh, before the global financial crisis, a small number of larger groups here in Australia and also shared with the UK initiated or felt the need to produce their own public tax reporting. Uh, and you might call this the first wave. The second wave, I think, in Australia has been the 2016 voluntary code and the mandatory publication of data. And now we are heading into the third wave is my view, citizen anger, trust and sustainability concerns together with global changes such as GRI 207 will result in more comprehensive and consistent transparency reporting. And like a good flat white, that's probably a good thing. Thanks, Phil. That, that's, uh, that was a good summary. I mean, I am going to go and ask my barista from now on, is he part of the third wave? Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you all an answer once I... Uh, once I've been there tomorrow. If we if we could now move uh, to Brazil, actually, Lewis, Lewis is a partner in our Brazil practice. And I just wonder, Lewis, if you could talk to us about um, your perspective on transparency in that part of the world. 
tax transparency matters because the way a company moves towards its tax responsibly is a vital sign of how involved the tax department is to its social function. Talking specifically here about South America, Argentina had recently implemented a disclosure for the tax planning adopted by the taxpayers there at the end of last year. But in general, mandatory disclosure regimes are not a clear obligation for South American countries. Anyway, the local experience is showing us that the companies by themselves are increasingly implementing an agenda of tax transparency associated to the extensive ESG agenda and especially connected to an adequate social behavior as well as governance compliance. So tax issues are becoming a board level responsibility here and more and more local companies are publishing their tax policy on their websites voluntarily. At the current post-pandemic scenarios, there's a rising zero tolerance for businesses who are understood to be paying less than their fair share of taxes. And again, bringing it specifically to our South America South America business environment, some huge local companies are commodity commodities producer, producers, and they and then they sell their production to more regulated and major markets, wherein it's critical to evidence their level of tax and corporate social responsibility through a well-defined agenda for tax transparency. Thanks, Lewis, and and and, and thanks for that um, that explanation. If I if I could go now to um, Manal Corwin. Manal is our regional leader of policy for the Americas, and I'm keen to get her perspective. Not simply because it's the most significant capital market in the world, the US, but I think importantly, Manal in a previous life was a senior treasury official. So I'd really like to understand, Manal, where tax transparency is at in the mind of corporate America. Thanks, David. Um, as you said, there are a lot of varying perspectives out there, but um, if I might, I'll just start with with the, the evolution of of policy um, in in the U.S. on the on the government side, and and what we've seen um, in the past two U.S. administrations. Um, is that they have not been supportive of public country by country reporting of tax information for for a variety of reasons. Um, Their transparency policy goals instead have focused on increasing reporting and expanding information exchange amongst governments to improve compliance and enforcement and address tax arbitrage. So while we have not yet heard from the Biden administration on the topic, it is notable that they've chosen not to include any proposal for public reporting in the tax provisions outlined in the most recent budget. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But again, the U.S. has had, from a policy perspective, a real focus on transparency in fostering cooperation amongst governments in exchange. And uh, folks will recall the introduction of FATCA um, um, by the U.S., which later led to the common reporting standard um, and the expansion of information exchange. From the perspective of U.S. business, um, uh, business is, of course, paying very close attention to the increasing interest in tax transparency by various stakeholders. Many are working on tax policies and tax governance frameworks and reflecting on what they might want to do to foster trust, because as others have said, it is fundamentally about um, fostering trust and mutual understanding with stakeholders. Um, in that respect, they are uh, companies are looking and considering the range of transparency options from publishing their tax policy, uh, developing codes of conducts, 
um, and, and publishing those and their tax strategies, all the way to considering potential voluntary disclosures of, of total tax contribution. There's certainly no one size fits all, but it, it is absolutely the case that companies are very focused on it. So just to talk a bit more about that, Manal, the, so there, there is consideration clearly, because you can see that in some of the you know, the announcements around the World Economic Forum matters late last year, that there are some companies heading down the voluntary disclosure route for total tax paid around the globe. Yeah, absolutely. They're all looking at it. But I think the starting point is to internally reflect on how to tell their story and to get a handle on their own governance. Any pressure from the investor community that you're seeing in the U.S. at the moment, Manal? Well, you know, a lot of corporations, they're multinational, they're operating globally. And so the increasing investor interest is certainly greater outside the U.S., but very relevant to U.S. Uh, global businesses. And, and there's certainly the case that the U.S. investor community is increasingly focused on this issue and wanting to better understand the tax policies, the approach to taxation by corporations, and the attitudes towards the responsibility for compliance. Um, various uh, interests in whether or not that then translates into specifically reporting um, yeah. on a country by country basis. Thank you for that. And that's a that's a really interesting perspective. So look, let, let me thank um, the panel for their contributions today. Um, but before I release each of them, I'd, I've, I've got a uh, I'd ask them to respond to a particular question. And that is tax transparency matters because. So if I could start off with Luke. And, and I think you want one sentence from, from each of us, uh, David. That's right. Obviously, if regulations exist, one must comply. But in terms of a voluntary standards and, and policy for transparency, I like the phrase from one of our clients, as I mentioned earlier, this is the company we want to be. And then, in my own words, this is maybe the society we have to be. Thanks, Luke. And I, I, I just challenge everyone else on the panel. That was probably longer than uh, one sentence. So, uh, but a good answer. <laughs> Chris, tax transparency matters because? I think simply because tax matters. So we need a transparent public debate about it. Matt, if I could go to you, tax transparency matters because? It builds trust and it's the opportunity to put your business and its tax footprint in the appropriate context. Raluca. Because it is already happening, so there's uh, no room to bury our heads in the sand. It's uh, we're we're there, and it's only going to to get bigger and better, probably. Manoj, uh, tax transparency matters because in today's context, uh, it's actually the first step towards demonstrating good corporate citizenship, mm -hmm. and it's actually imperative to win the confidence and support of all your stakeholders not just the investors, but also your employees, your customers, and everybody else around you. Phil, over to you. Tax transparency matters because? I think it's because it's a powerful way to link the role tax plays to the purpose of organizations, but also the benefits that business generates for community and other stakeholders. Lewis. It matters because to demonstrate that the fair share of taxes is being paid is a way to respond to society's necessities, especially in a post-pandemic scenario. And finally, Manal. Well, because tax transparency is not the same as clarity about taxation. Um, clarity requires context, and it is important for businesses to provide that context and tell their own stories for transparency to be meaningful. Thank you all for those contributions. Um, I, I really enjoyed the discussion, and thank you for your time today. I think it's an important topic. 
it's actually an incredibly complex topic. And I think um, I think Manal and a number of others made the point that our, our clients around the globe are at different parts of the journey along a continuum. In fact, I think Matt made that point as well. And I think um, understanding where you are, getting that narrative right, and ensuring that you can um, get that narrative right internally, but then also externally is really important. So thank you all for your time. And David, on behalf of our listeners, I'd like to thank you and all of the contributors for joining us on the podcast. It's been a really interesting discussion to listen to, and you've given our listeners a great deal to think about. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at tax at kpmg.com. And we'd also be delighted to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>